Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carol's Dungeon, our podcast where we talk about all things horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. My name is Wendy. I am the Warden of the Northeast. And I'm your co-host, Kurt, Warden of the Southwest, Wendy's big brother. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Long time no talk. What you doing, Wendy? It's been a couple weeks. So, um... Nothing, nothing. Um, we gave everybody a couple of weeks to do the assignment, which I hope you've all done. Yes. Um, I know a couple of you have, because you said so on the face- uh, Facebook page. Oh, sorry, yawning. So we're going to talk about that today, um, and maybe a couple of other things. Kurt's going to give us a summary of the story, and he says he has questions, but... Um, there are a couple of things that I wanted to mention before we get into the discussion. Okay. Okay. Um, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead since I'm I, I'm I'm kind of new to this. For those of you who uh, are, are tuning in for the first time in a long time, I don't really know. Wendy's been pushing this this author, this gentleman by the name of Brandon Sanderson. She speaks very very highly of him. And um, she's been urging us all to read some of his work. I'm obsessed. And uh, yeah, but we all finally got around to starting to do that, or a lot of us did anyway. And um, Wendy suggested that we start with a book, if that's what you want to call it, called The Emperor's Soul. And um, I, Wendy read it, and um, I think a couple of our 11 loyal listeners read it. <laughs> and uh, we're going to get into that today. So, first of all, I want to say that, yeah, I, I, I really, I liked this guy's work. And uh, he's, so far, he's kind of everything that, that you said he was. Um, mm-hmm. Very good storyteller. And this is just a really, just a little bit of a taste of what, I guess, of what he can offer. Because this mm-hmm. book was about 130 pages. A very quick read. I read it in, you know, just a couple of days. I, I could probably finish. If I just sat down and got to it, I probably could have knocked it out one afternoon. Um, so it's very easy read. It's uh, very entertaining, and um, there are no real dead spots in it that I found. So it's just like a nice, quick, easy introduction into the world of Brandon Sanderson, I think. So I have some questions being new to it. Wendy read a lot of this guy's stuff, and I think uh, one of our other loyal listeners, Sire, she recommended Sarah. She did. Sarah, she but she confessed that she has not read The Emperor's Soul, which is... Okay, I guess that's shocking, part of my... Uh, but- <laughs> That's part of my um, part of the question that I had, but I guess we'll get to that. Okay. Well, let me just reiterate a couple things about um, the Cosmere, which is this universe. Um, okay, while you're doing I meant- that, I'm gonna, I'm going to open up this here beer. You open your beer. Cheers. Okay. Um, Cheers. So I I think I probably discussed this in a couple of earlier episodes, but <sighs> one thing that you, you are you okay? Okay. One thing that you want to kind of keep in mind is the backstory to the Cosmere, which is the universe where all of these books take place. Right. And when I say universe, I mean a literal universe. There are a bunch of different planets. Okay. So the backstory is that there was a god called Adenalsium, like thousands of years ago. Bunch of people, for reasons that we don't know, because we don't know a lot about this backstory yet, um, decided they were going to kill the god. And so they did, or they attempted to, and he ended up shattering into 16 different pieces. 
called shards. 16 people each picked up a shard and made off with it. And they kind of became like gods themselves once they picked up a shard. Every shard is a different attribute of the gods. So you have um, shards that are, some of them are odium, um, preservation, ruin, honor. So they're all like kind of different traits of the god. And whatever shard you pick up, whatever shard you're holding, not only do you become that characteristic, you embody it, and all the magic that you bestow is with that in mind, with that characteristic in mind. Okay? okay. So they don't get so much into it in this book, but you see that Shy, the main character, has magical powers. That's something that was given to her through the shard that holds, that's, you know, kind of lords over her planet. Okay? Okay. Um, okay. So, wait. I don't know stuff. if I have or more questions now, so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, so this this story takes place on a planet called Cell, S-E-L. Um. When I was looking for the link for this book to give to everybody, I noticed that it said that the Emperor's soul is book two of Elantris. That is not correct. Um, Elantris takes place on the same planet, and it's a standalone novel. It's much longer than, than the Emperor's soul. But the two of them have nothing to do with each other. Okay. Okay? All right. All right. One more thing I want you to keep in mind. Because... Okay. um. By the way, Feathers loved the book and went out and decided to get another set of Brandon Sanderson books. She picked up Mistborn and she said, I hope this is what we're reading next. And it is what we're reading next. So, um, Feathers is you, awesome. Yeah. She's if you want to continue with the Cosmere, one thing I want you to keep in mind besides the backstory of Alden Adonalsium, you want to pay careful attention to the characters because you never know when they're going to pop up again. Okay. Um, okay. Still don't know if I have more or fewer questions after that, but uh, okay. let's see we out. All right, so, so tell us about the book. Okay, so uh, The Emperor's Soul. And uh, I guess once you start reading it, the title will become self-explanatory very quickly. Uh, what we have here is, um, I'm not sure if this is a country or the entire planet. Uh, maybe you can enlighten enlighten us as to which one it is later on. Mm -hmm. But in control of this area is an empire called the Rose Empire. The emperor, there was an assassination attempt on the emperor's life. They didn't succeed. But he was injured very badly, put almost into a coma, I guess, or the equivalent on this planet of a coma. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, the emperor's, I guess, his, his, his council or the people closest to him, his cabinet, mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever you want to call him, decided that they did not want this news to get out, that he was injured um, because that would cause all the other factions to, I mean, it would embolden them, I guess, and they were worried about one of them taking power if they found out the emperor was dead. Now, the emperor's not dead, but he's not the emperor. He's pretty useless. He's enough. Kind of brain dead, I think. Kind of brain dead. So what we have here is earlier before the book started, our main character, a young lady named Shy, was captured. What Shy is, is she's what they call a forager. 
And that's pretty much as it sounds. You know, she this this one's kind of a criminal, and she makes a living off of um off of forgeries. Like she'll like forge expensive paintings or carvings or statues, whatever it is, and make money, and which is obviously illegal, like it is in our world. And she'd been imprisoned for it. But what she also has the ability to do is create a forgery of souls, which is basically a human being's personality. And Wendy, correct me if I'm saying anything that's not right. Okay, you're good so far. We start off in the book, one of the Emperor's uh, cabinet members, a gentleman, an older gentleman named uh, Joe Atona. Um, and he's, he's old and he's not as highly regarded as some of the other members of the council, whatever the reasons were. We didn't really get into that. But he was looking at one of the forgeries that Shai created that got her captured. And he was actually admiring her work. And he's saying, my God, you know, this woman's wasting her life doing this silly criminal shit. She could be so much more, but he had decided and he basically wanted to convince the rest of the council that she was the person to secretly forge a new soul for the emperor. So the idea was, you know, basically creating another emperor and sticking it in the emperor's body, a forgery, and hopefully we're going to pass him off to the public as the real emperor, therefore... Hopefully, no one would know that he was hurt or injured, and it would be just business as usual. Like some weekend so at Bernie's shit. Right. So that's where we start off. Okay. So I'll say, I don't know how far you want to go into spoilers and stuff. Um, well, um, I'm going to read you guys a deleted chapter a little bit later. So maybe we could get into some spoilers down the okay. road. So, yeah. The, the, the prologue that I don't know who got what copy of what book. And um, apparently after talking to Wendy about this earlier on, I got the prologue that was not deleted. And that's basically what I just described to you, how Joe Atona was um, contemplating how he was going to use Shy to forge the Emperor's soul. And it's a very short prologue, but Wendy tells me that there was something. Yeah, I, I was just looking book. into it. Apparently there's a 10th anniversary edition of the book and that one has the deleted scene. Okay. The deleted prologue. So. So do you want do you want to read that? Is it long? Uh, no, it's not very long. But I'll read it later after we get through okay. the story because it's yeah. Okay. So basically, what we have here is um most of the story, and again, it's a very short story. It's about 130 pages long. Most of the story uh, concerns how Shy was working on um recreating or reforging the Emperor's soul and what it takes to do the something things like that. Meanwhile, Joe Atona was carefully watching her, uh, making sure that she was doing what she was supposed to. Shai is very smart, very um, very resourceful, couldn't be completely trusted. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, there are other characters, like I think that the main council member was a woman named Frava, who was, mm -hmm. she appeared to be pretty corrupt, and she wanted to uh, use Shai for her own purposes, as a lot of members of the council did. But Joe Atono was basically a pretty decent guy, pure soul. His motives were pure. He wanted the emperor to be restored because he just thought he was the best guy for the job. And uh, he had a certain bond with him. And um, he just wanted him to be okay. So he was keeping an eye on, on Shy and how she was doing what she did. But he developed a certain uh, admiration for her. And I then feeling was mutual. They, they kind of bonded while this whole process was going on. Um, 
Okay, can I just stop you? Because I yeah, think you left out an important fact. Okay. She's not just in jail. She's set to be executed for stealing the painting. Right. Right. So it's kind of like beat the clock. Um, she's trying to figure a way to get out when we first find her. Um, so the emperor, actually, his wife was killed in the assassination attempt. So in that country, in the Rose Empire, there's a traditional 100-day mourning period where the emperor you know, would not show himself. So they're just telling everyone that he's in his mourning period. So be- she basically has 100 days to recreate his entire soul, his entire personality. Right, and she mentioned that doing something like that, not only is it very, very complicated, nobody's ever done any kind of anything like this when she was attempting, but the process would take, if she had her way, take a good you know, two years. And she just had a couple of months to do it. So it was really a very difficult task for her. She, you know, her life depended on it. Mm-hmm. So that's the essence of the book. I thought it was pretty interesting because the guy has a, he has an imagination. I'll tell you, if you're going to be a fantasy writer, science fiction yes. writer, you're going to need an imagination. And you, can't, you can teach somebody how to write, but you can't teach imagination. That's for damn this guy, sure. This guy has one. And it was very believable the way he, I mean, <laughs> you know, I was thinking, how's this guy going to like describe forging a new soul? That's silly. And Why don't you tell us it. how he did it? He did it well. Well, it's complicated. I, I guess a lot of it, I'm still maybe a little bit over my head, but the, the idea is, and I still, I, I might need you to explain the, um, the seal thing to me. Okay. Um, because I think that was a little, hard for me to grasp but but the idea was you're basically creating almost you almost have to forge different parts of the, the subject's personality the mm-hmm, more you mm-hmm. know about this person the better um, mm-hmm. you have to know his past you have to have an understanding of why he thinks the way he does and um you know the people that he loves the things that motivate him things that make him happy and each one is like a different almost like a thread woven into this whole process and the more you know the the less you know if you half-ass it the forger is going to come across he's going to come across like something almost uh monstrous something right. not recognizable as he once was so it's a right. very very complicated process um and she we find is very very skilled at it even though she was and i i they didn't get into other forgers but you, you get the idea that there are a lot of them and some of them are you know they do they use their powers for good some of them are just cheap crooks, like what Joatana thought of Shy, which might uh-huh. not necessarily be true. But um, she was attempting something, well, again, it's something that was that, that had never been done before, and under a really not much time to do it at all. And um, right. I don't know how, much, how far you want to get the spoilers, but... Um, okay, well, like I said, we could get to that later, but um, let me just fill in a couple of other things. Um, so she was, she was actually stealing the one painting and Frava notices she's looking at the painting and she notices that it's a really shitty copy of this famous painting. And she remarks, she's like, I can't believe you did such a half-ass job on this painting, whatever, whatever. Stalker. She was also trying to steal the moon scepter, which is this artifact, um, this really priceless kind of artifact in the kingdom. She was doing that to try and test her skill as a forger. She had another reason for wanting to steal the painting. Um, 
and we can get into that. But why don't you tell me what your questions are? And do you want me well, to explain soul stamping, soul stamping to you as far as I understand it? Yeah, I, I think I'd like a better idea because I had a hard time visualizing stamp. I think I understand mm -hmm. the concept, but I didn't really, I, I couldn't like, I couldn't see the stamp. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Think of it as like um, an embosser, I guess. Like if you're embossing a stamp, so it's kind of like, I guess, like an indentation on, you know, a piece of paper. Think of it like that. But so you're making a stamp and forgers who, who can make stamps, they're doing it through magic. Forgery is magic, basically. So you're able to create like these stamps through your magic. You know, you say, hocus pocus, here's a stamp, you know, based on what you learned about their personality. And then once you have them all, you stamp the person's like their hand or something. And then that's when the magic takes effect. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, the Rose Empire, which is a country, by the way, it's on the planet okay. of Sel. Um, okay. Without so getting they're, into... they're basically in control of like one, I guess, country. Or yes. Whatever yes. Or one region, whatever. Um, okay. So. The, the magic system on cell without giving away too much because if anyone reads Landris, I don't want to give any spoilers but it's tied to the location where they are or where they were born so only people who were born in Shai's specific region of the Rose Empire can be stampers or forgers, sorry okay Okay. Oh, okay. or they have to yeah. have some tie to that specific region okay just leave it at that alright, alright well, I guess my first question is, <clears throat> I mean, this is, uh, uh, sorry, Biff just nosed his way into the room. Biff, can you close the door behind you, please? Thank you. Um, based on what you've explained about this guy and his work and the series, the Cosmere and all this, mm -hmm. why choose this particular book as an introduction? Because it seemed, you know, I, it just seemed like, although it was very entertaining, Mm -hmm. They're very enjoyable. I can't imagine where this book could connect you to all that other crazy stuff that was going on. Mm -hmm. going on. Why this one in particular? Seem, why did I recommend this, this one? Like, why, why should we start with this one? Because this book seemed like small peas. It seemed like almost like an afterthought. It, it, is, it is small potatoes. And um, the reason I chose it was because it's just, I just kind of wanted you to get um, a sense of his writing and a sense of his creativity and the okay. magic systems without having to commit to, because his some of his other books are like bazillion pages long, and they're like several books in the series. So that's a yeah, real yeah. commitment. This right. is not okay. a commitment, um, but it does give you a sense you, of. What? Okay, would you say this is like? Would you say this is actually a good introduction into the Cosmere? Like, if if you if you if I had all the time in the world to read whatever book. Mm -hmm. Would this still be the first one that you would choose as an introduction? Um, not if you were planning on reading, if you were planning on reading the whole Cosmere. But that's the thing about these books, at least up until really, really recently, like maybe his last two. You don't have to read the entire Cosmere. You could, you could stop with that book, or you could like pick up another series or another novella or whatever. They're not all dependent on one another. Although okay. there are recurring characters and Easter eggs, like 
out your ass. Right. There are Easter eggs all over the place. Okay. Have you read the entire Cosmer? I have. Is, is Shy or Shay? I'm not sure how you pronounce her name. I think it's Shy. Have you met her before? Before? Or I don't know. You, I don't know. Are you playing coy with us, Wendy? I'm playing coy with you because half the fun is figuring out because they don't always have the same names. Uh, um, you know, they're sometimes on different planets, and, and you're kind and of reading, we, and you're like, "Holy shit, that was so and so from that other book." As we see, uh, Shave might could very easily be another person that we would not recognize. She and could very easily be another person because um, another thing that Kurt didn't mention is that in exchange for her forging the Emperor's soul, they gave her back her own stamps. She had a collection of stamps for herself so she could change her personality and escape. Right. I, 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 well, I would, like I would be giving a little bit too much away there, but, you know. Okay, well. I don't know. We'll leave it to you. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping that everybody goes ahead and, and reads this. Because it's like, you'd be joining me on this journey, I guess, Feathers and wherever else. Mm -hmm. Actually read this, their first reading of Brandon Sanderson. So, you know, maybe we could all do this together. Um, Other questions? Uh, yeah, I have a million, but I don't think, like, now I, I can't remember any of them. <laughs> okay. Um, so let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, Hi. Ask away. What did you think about kind of the underlying theme of the book? Like, can you really replicate somebody's soul? And is art art if it's a copy, if it's a forgery? Yeah, that, that <laughs> it, it did get a little philosophical about that. I, I, mm -hmm. I don't know if this answers your question, but I had there was one very interesting exchange that um, Shay and Joe Atona had that spoke to me. Mm -hmm. While while researching the emperor, he had this own private journal that that Shay was able to uh, to get hold of. So she, uh, you know, she saw a lot. Of, she had a lot of insight into into his, to his personality. Mm -hmm. And and she mentioned something about his favorite color being green. Mm -hmm. um, and she got into it, and and she was she was I guess she was basically pondering why his favorite color was green and it had some kind of connection because his brother i don't know i can't remember the details exactly but she feels like his favorite color was green because it somehow connected him to his brother maybe it was his brother's favorite color there are a bunch of different reasons as to why his favorite color might be green and i got to thinking is my favorite color whatever it is because of a reason or is it because of like i that color just visually appeals to me um so I started asking people, <laughs> I was like, what's your favorite color? And they'd tell me, and I'd say, you know, why? Why is that your favorite color? And, and I, was, I was asking them to think about it. What's, Wendy, what's my favorite color? Black. Why? Because you're colorblind, and it's the only color you're sure of. And there's a, so there's a reason why I like it, right? It's not just visually <laughs> appealing to me, you know, right? right? What's your favorite color, Wendy? I like blue, but I think it's just why? because it's, it's just appealing to me. Right, but, is that but is that the case? I mean, have you ever really thought about that? Could there be another reason why you like the color blue? 
there I, there could be i if it is i'm not conscious of it Never thought about but it. i could imagine that maybe the color blue i associate with something positive in my life right. so in my past I, I i don't know if that answers your question but i i i actually sat and thought about that for a while. like put down the book and said hmm you know it's just a conversation i want to have mm -hmm. with people you know, so it made me think. I, 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 I get, it gave me an idea about how this guy, this author, Brandon Sanderson, how about his brain worked. He's just not just sitting there typing. He's actually thinking these things. He's mm -hmm. Deep philosophical yep. question. But to your question is whether there was an argument made because Joe Atona, I guess he didn't completely respect Shy, Shay, whatever mm -hmm. her name is, because it felt like she was wasting her talent. and. In this empire, there were a lot of forgeries, and um, in his opinion, it was kind of um, what these forgers were doing was they were kind of recreating uh, masterpieces for I don't know. There was there was a more noble purpose to it mm -hmm. than what Shay was doing. She was just doing it just to to get rich, you know, mm -hmm. to rob. Right. That's the in his eyes and she was so talented she was so good he felt like she could have been a real real artist and her argument was i am a real artist <laughs> you know, <laughs> right artist. what i'm doing is, is nobody else could do i mean very few people can do what i do so yeah i don't know i mean <laughs> i think i'm with uh i'm kind of with joe atona on this one I, I don't think like replicating somebody else's work is is one of the reasons i get irritated at um at covered songs, like mm. especially when I hear, you know, the, the latest one was how uh, disturbed the cover of "Sound of Silence" and how great oh, yeah. it was. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, that was that didn't tell you the shit. And did I, I, I don't tell know you? Did I tell you the story about that, or was I telling yeah. Joe? I had a customer. <laughs> I had a customer. It was this group, these two couples, and it was like this customer that it was five o'clock, and they just were not leaving. And I was like, you know. One of these assholes get the fuck out and, oh, are we keeping you? No, I have nothing else to do. Anyway, so he asked me, you know, have you heard Disturbed, their version in Sound of Silence? And I said, no. He's like, you got to hear it. You got to hear it. And he played it for me. And it was like. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And he was like all into it. He was like closing his eyes to singing along. And I had to stand there the whole time thinking what, you know, trying to tell him, yeah, I agree with you. It's great. It's just not this particular version of it. Yeah, it I, I don't know painful. this is a bad version, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm betting that that guy didn't fully appreciate the original and the disturb was, was presenting it to him more or less for the first time. Mm, okay. that's my, and I think that that's what I feel with a, with a lot of songs, you know. And I, I, I'm bet that I'm betting that a lot of these people heard the original after they heard that one, and they were already kind of like stuck on the original. Maybe I mean, stuck on stuck, stuck on the forgery, I should say. <laughs> the forgery. That's what we should call yeah. cover songs from now on. Forgeries. Forgeries. I like it. I'm all for it. Forgeries. Mm -hmm. Now, some are good, some are better than others, but I, I, to get to my point, I think the real creative genius is in the original person. It, it doesn't take much to do something different with a song, and it's just subjective as to whether somebody likes it or not. But 
the genius is in the original work, the person who created it, I think. So I'm okay. kind of with Joy on that, on that premise. And uh, yeah, I felt like Shy was wasting her talent. She, should, she could have been something better than a cheap, maybe she wasn't cheap, but she was just a, just a thief. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Crook. So I'm with him on that. Okay. Well, um, we have to take a break in a few minutes, um, and then we're going to come back, and I'm going to read you that um, deleted scene. But let me ask you, what did you think of the magic system? Forgery. Uh, and I, the, There was, like, blood sealing as well, which is kind of an offshoot of forgery. And, right. But uh, I, I feel like he, he didn't really get too into it. I, um... You know, I, I'll tell you this. Aside from the blood, because he didn't really get into the blood sealers too much. Mm -hmm. We saw a little bit of that towards the end of the book. But the way he described what Shy was doing, it almost didn't feel like magic. It almost felt like an actual science. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. It didn't. Yes. So I guess I wasn't thinking about it in terms of magic. I was just thinking about it in terms of like this this, this process that she was going through. It felt like almost anybody could do it if she, they studied enough. That's that's how he made it feel. And, okay. and she, she, you know, she would mentioned how she studied and how she had to years of training to do certain things. So to me, it didn't even feel like that. I wasn't thinking about it in terms of magic, even though it obviously was. But I had, I had a different uh, frame of mind, I think. But I'm it was pretty creative, huh? It really was. It really was. Um, and we'll get back to that when we when we get into the, the next the next uh, 30 minutes or however long we're going to Okay. Um, so just speaking to that, I'll say that yes, he does get a lot more in-depth into his other magic systems, obviously in the, you know, if you got like three or four or five books in a series they get into it a lot more. Um, right, right. But I would say it's basically the same, kind of similar in every planet or every, with every magic system. It's like a person has a talent for something. It was either like given to them or they were born with it or they just acquired it somehow and and i think this is what they call a hard magic system um there are very very specific rules um that you have to adhere to and you have to learn how to use your talents um it's not like you know gandalf came and waved his magic wand and killed the orcs and then you know he never does that trick again and you don't know how he has or why. Um, okay. But like I said, with this, you know, you have to have the talent. You have to study it. You have to be from that particular region. So, yeah. Right. Okay. <clears throat> well, I guess we're going to have to learn more about it. Because us folks who just did the Emperor's Soul wouldn't completely understand that yet. Yeah. So, uh, okay. we'll, we'll get it. Okay. So, we'll take a break. And then we'll come back with a little bit more. Yep. All right. All right. And we're back. Okay, so Kurt, let me ask you something. Ask away. Um, in the story, what can you tell us about the Imperial Fool? The Imperial Fool, um, hold on, let me set my camera straight. Um, what we learned in the beginning was it, it, it appears that Shy, in her attempt to uh, steal the scepter, remember, not the painting. The painting wasn't her original goal. That's what she got busted for. She really wanted mm -hmm. to steal the scepter. But mm -hmm. the reason that she was in jail, the reason that she got caught is because it it, it, it appears that she had worked some kind of um, 
some deal to work with the fool, which I'm guessing was like the court jester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm guessing. Yep. But the fool, the fool, mm-hmm. fucked over shy. The fool yeah. who fucked over our, our very intelligent, very streetwise shy, and he he made off with the scepter and left her there to rot. So he screwed her over pretty good, and that's why she's in the predicament that that, that she is in. So obviously, we're not talking about a fool here. We don't know a whole lot about him, um, but he made off with the scepter, and he's off doing his thing, whatever that is. While Shy was left to deal with the consequences of trying to rob the imperial, rob the emperor. Okay. So, um, pretty much all I think know about him. But um, I'm not. <laughs> if, you know, by the end of the book, it's, it, it seemed pretty clear that we're going to hear from him again in one or another. Okay. So um, I'm going to read you the deleted scene. Um, This was originally in the book. Um, He decided to take it out because um, the, his test readers, which I guess he has a lot of, weren't really feeling it. Um, And it kind of felt like it was a little disjointed from the rest of the story or kind of separated from the rest of the story, which is um there's a reason for that and i'm just going to read you i'm not going to read the whole thing i'm just going to read you an ex- excerpt from the prologue the deleted okay. prologue um now this is the scene where she was in her cell she was um looking at the bricks in the cell and she was trying to figure out what kind of rocks they were made out of so she could try and forge them and escape towards the very beginning of the book. right okay. in the very beginning so this is um when she's in her cell Okay. Um, okay. She wrote out with some difficulty the word limestone in the key representing the stone block she just identified. Honestly, she growled as she worked. They sentenced a girl to death. They could at least give her a sheet of paper. A sheet of paper? And a muse voice came from outside the cell. You actually asked for one? Shy jumped at the voice, standing and tucking her hand behind her back to hide the fork. Stealing that had been unpleasant if she lost it, but it was only the court fool. The man's hawkish face was capped by a three-pointed jester's crown, though his was of simple black and white, not the traditional brazen colors. He wore a black coat, long and flowing, almost like one of the grands. He shouldn't have been able to get away with such deviations. The grand liked their fools on the silly side of ridiculous. Come to mock me, shy snap, turning back to her carving. I don't mock the condemned, the fool said from the on the cell bars. Did you really ask them for paper, Shy? I've been sentenced to death. They're supposed to meet my request during my last week of life. It's traditional. You're a master forger, he replied. Giving you the paper would be like handing a sword to a captive soldier who only asked for one politely. She snorted, counting up blocks on the wall, then carving out a few more notes. I can't do much with only paper. If she had soul stone now, it's the principle of the thing i suspect the fool said still standing sounding amused how wonderful that her life at its impending end could bring pleasure to the imperial fool there are 44 kinds of stone in the wall you know he said she spun you know them he'd taken to leaning about leaning back against the wall arms folded cleaning out one fingernail with another top left the one he'd been trying so long to figure out that's grindstone from the quarry in Lao. 
Tell me the others, she said, dropping the fork and pressing up against the bars. Fool, tell me what they are. I could, he said, but would that really help? Assuming you knew all 44, assuming you knew their histories and quarries they came from, what would you do? Create a seal for the wall in just two days? Carve yourself a soul stamp out of what? Wood? Even if you had a proper stone, you'd use a fork to etch it? She looked down at the fork, dropped behind on the ground. The wall is a challenge, Shy, the fool said. She closed her eyes. She'd known it deep down. A wall of patchwork stones? It was a puzzle meant to occupy a forger, something to make them spend their time and make them forget, for a little while, about the noose. But what else was she to do? Give up? Try to forge the bars instead? They'd been made with Ralkalest, an un unforgeable element. She'd get nowhere trying that. I am sorry about this, the fool said. You? You're just the court fool. Why should I care if you... She trailed off. You, she said, pointing. You're the one who turned me in. Yes. Knights, why? I couldn't let you steal the scepter. What? Suddenly you're a loyal subject? Knights, fool, you should have come to me. I'd have offered you gold to keep my secret. I couldn't let you steal it, the fool continued, because I had to steal it myself. Shy froze. Your duplicate, I might, I might add, the fool said, hands clasped behind his back, was quite useful. Thank you. Shy was a forger. She had spent her entire life studying the way people thought the best thought and the best ways to fool them. She knew to spot another fake when she saw one, usually. All this time, the pieces twisted, fitting into place with one another. He had duped her. He had duped them all, the Grands, the Empire himself. Shy's anger melted away like cold spring runoff, and she found herself raising two curled fingers to her forehead, a salute. If he had pulled this off, nice, she was in the presence of a master. The fool smiled. A chance is coming your way, Shy, he said. A chance? A sign of respect from one liar to another. It's not much. I must leave this place, and my time to arrange an opportunity for you was narrow. But you are clever. It might be enough. What are you talking about? Keep your wits sharpened, the fool said, turning to go. Be careful. Be keen. It has been an interesting dance sparring with you. Fool, I have money. A lie. I can offer. He turned toward her, meeting her eyes. In that moment, the imperial fool changed. His face grew somber, became steel, and his eyes, in his eyes lay an eternity, an age. She knew people. She had studied people. This man cared nothing for bribes. This man was not just a master. He was something far beyond that. A shiver ran through her. Knights, what are you? Why must people always ask it that way? A faint smile rose on his lips. You will not see me again. Farewell. He slipped up the steps on near silent feet. Shy watched him go, feeling thoroughly trounced. How long had it been since someone had gotten the better of her so soundly? Hmm. That is all. Is that it? That is all. Hmm. Okay. So what do you make of the fool? Well, it confirms, I guess, what I thought. He, he, he obviously was a lot more than he presented himself. Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 when you were first reading it, well, the way he was describing the rock, and I guess that's only something that um, a reader who read the book would understand. There's a whole, uh, there's a reason why she wanted to know which rock is where. 
Um, but it seems like something only really a forger would be interested in. So mm-hmm. he appears to be one at the very least. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> his his intention sounded almost pure for a minute there. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't let you steal the scepter, and then he's like, "Well, because I got to steal it for myself." But I'm still wondering, did he do it because of greed, or did he have some kind of ulterior motive, some greater motive for a greater good? I don't know. Not enough information, but um, obviously, he appears to be a character that's going to have some weight in uh, future stories, I think. So you think we're going to meet him again? I don't see how we can't. <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least, he'll be... um. He'll be a, like a Ned Stark kind of character, even though he, you know, like Ned, like was only really in one book, but mm-hmm. his presence was so important that you know it reverberated. You just he him he and his actions just spoke volumes about the way the story unfolded. And Ned Stark, I, in my opinion, Ned Stark was still the most important character in the Game of Thrones series. Of okay. Paradise. Okay. Yes. I'm starting to see maybe this character might be similar to that, even if we don't see him again. Okay. Well, just keep in mind what I told you. You never know when characters are going to pop up again. And you never know who they know who they might be, right? You never know who they might be. They could be extremely important, maybe like Ned Stark, maybe for some other reason. Um, these characters are called world hoppers because obviously world they bounce hoppers. around from world to world. Okay. Um, so just a clue, if you're ever reading a Cosmere book and they start to describe a character in such a way as, you know, why is he wearing that outfit? It looks like the right outfit, but it's a little off. Or he looks like he could have been from such and such country, except that his hair's the wrong color or something like that. Or he's got okay. a funny accent. That's your clue that this is a world hopper. This is somebody from okay. another another story, another planet or something. So is it, am I right in thinking that not all characters could hop from world to world? Like, no, not at all. It's not, like, it's not like you and I can get on like a plane and go to, you know, Germany or something. No, I, I would say the vast majority of people in the universe um, don't even know that there are other planets or other civilizations. Okay. All right. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. okay. Now, now, what was your recommendation for the next book? So next, we're going to read Mistborn, which really is where I would start off. Um, this is, I, I think I thought about it um, in that Cosmere uh, reading order I posted. This is where they started. And I think it's just, it just makes sense. So Mistborn. This is a proper novel. This is a proper novel. It's a series. So Mistborn has two eras so far. Mistborn Era 1 is where we're going to start, and there are three books. Um, the first one is called The Final Empire, but I think they're changing it to just Mistborn. Um, I got confused myself because it was called The Final Empire. You tend to think that's the third book. It's the first book. The Final Empire. Um, the second one is The Well of Ascension, I believe, and then the last one is The Hero of Ages. So let's just start off with with The Final Empire, Okay. Um, if you want to pick that up. And I think maybe what we'll do is we'll do this kind of same format, but we'll just go like two or three chapters per episode, and we'll talk about them. You'll tell me your impressions. Okay. Okay? All right. We could do that. I'll have to get on getting that book. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I, that's and... one of his most popular ones, so you should be able to find it pretty easily. Okay. Um, so if there's anybody out there who, who's curious as to, about, as to what I think about Brandon Sanderson and his work. I am. I, I feel like, well, first of all, I did enjoy it. I liked it very much. But I felt like, I felt like, uh, obviously I felt like I was just getting a taste. You know, you were over at our grandparents' house during Thanksgiving and shit. Mm-hmm. And there, you see all this beautiful food they're making and they're taking the stuffing and the fucking gravy and potatoes. And you're like, oh mm-hmm. my God. And your grandmother gives you like a little taste of skin. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, okay, that's good. What does the rest of the meal taste like? That's kind of how I feel about it. I feel like I'm just like getting into something here. So. Well, that's why I chose this one. Right. Good, just to give job. you a sample. Okay. I, I, I'd really love to hear what our other 11 listeners think. Yes. So please if do. Um, yeah. Read yeah. If you it, haven't, get on our it. 11 listeners who didn't read it. Give it a read because it's very it's, it's very quick. Get the audiobook, get the actual hard copy if you want. You could knock it out in a couple of hours if you're committed to it. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's a good place to start. I think. I, I think. I'm, so I'm I'm very interested in uh, seeing where it goes. So okay, more. yeah, and we can we can t- continue this discussion on Facebook. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So who read it? Did uh, feathers read did. It? And Danielle did. Danielle said she read it in one sitting. Um, Chris Chris, said she was going to. I'm not sure if she did. I'm not sure about anyone else. Chris has probably read everything he ever wrote already. Well, she hadn't as of a week or so ago. (laughs) But she might be caught up by now. That's plenty of time, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for Chris. So. All right, so I'm curious to hear what you guys think. And um, for those of you who haven't read it, give it a shot. And um, I'd like to hear what you think about it, too. So um, it looks like there's plenty to talk about. Um, yes, there's it, a lot to talk about. Yeah, not just in this, but it looks like there's going to be a lot to talk about with this, all of his work. And that's what we're here for. Yes. To discuss the stuff. So I've got a hidden gem. If we're done yeah. talking about the Emperor's soul. I have nothing left for the Emperor's soul. What's your hidden okay. gem? My hidden gem. And I told you about this. Um, and it's my new obsession. I called you from the car because I was listening to it in the car. It's a podcast called The Old Gods of Appalachia. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Okay. Have you looked into it yet? Not yet. Okay. I have not. Well, it's it's a horror anthology, and it takes place in Appalachia. Um, there are a bunch of different characters. Most of it's set in the early 20th century. Um, you know, around World War One or like maybe the twenties. Um, different characters, but they're kind of all interconnected in one way or another. Um, it and the old gods are basically um, old spirits that have been in Appalachia for thousands of years, and they were there before um, you know the Europeans settled. Um, uh. Europeans came and settled, started coal mining, and basically all hell broke loose. Um, yeah. And I guess the theme is kind of like, you know, you're here screwing around with nature. You're, you're digging into these caves. You're getting the black lung. You're risking your health. You're making your kids go and work in the fact in the, in mines and, you know, sure you're getting a paycheck, but at what cost? Yeah. 
Yes. Um, it's really, really, really good. It's really well written. Um, the, the narrator sounds um, just like, you know, somebody who's from Appalachia. Um, but, you know, obviously very, very brilliant guy. Um, the stories are surprisingly inclusive and culturally sensitive, which I guess may, maybe for some reason you might not expect. Um, yeah. And I will say, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. It's really good. Um, there was one episode where they had some guest voices. One of them was a guy, his name is Corey Forrester, I think. And he's like, Corey the buttermilk something he's a comedian he's a famous comedian um and i was surprised to hear that he was one of them and um one of the voices was done by the guy that does the snapped podcast um okay. which i know chris reads it's really good it's a supernatural kind of true ghost story podcast and he does one of the voices as well and anyway i very very highly recommend it i've read i've gone through two seasons already um and you know what's funny, are? Kurt? It, what? How many seasons are there? Uh, at least three. I'm not sure. I think there are like 50 episodes, and I'm about halfway through. So, right. okay. Um, what occurred to me when I was listening is this kind of sounds to me, and of course you and I are too young to remember this kind of thing, but you know how they used to have old radio shows? Yes. Like, you know before there was TV, you had sitcoms, yeah. but it was on the radio, basically people acting out stories, but you could only hear it. That's what this reminds me of. And it just, you know, strikes me as funny that we've come so far and we've had all this advanced technology and, and everything. And now we're back to radio serials. You know, it's so funny that you should say that. I, um, I was just thinking, for those of you who don't know, in, in a previous life, I was, um, I was into radio syndication. I worked for a radio syndication company, and you did too for 20 minutes. Right, Wendy? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I got to learn a lot about um, radio. And I remember one of the old shows that we used to do. I don't remember exactly the name of it, but they had a, they had a, um, a Halloween episode where, you know, during... I don't know. It was it was old. It's like in the forties or something. But they were just doing nothing but Halloween scary stories on the radio. And this stuff was surprisingly, I mean, surprisingly disturbing. Nineteen mm forties -hmm. radio. I mean, mm -hmm. it was really, really, really good. And um, yeah, to think that we're getting back to that, you would think that you know people. Oh my God, we're going backwards. It's going to be corny. Not necessarily. It's not corny <laughs> at all. Yeah, and it, some of that stuff was really, really good. And if, it, hey, if this is like it, this sounds, you're describing it, it sounds a lot very uh, crafty. And, yes, um, yes. Which I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for. You're um, all about the Lovecraft. Love me some Lovecraft. So, I'm, yeah, I'll definitely take a look into it. And um, I, I, yeah, podcasts and audiobooks are, are, I guess, a little bit different. You know, my thing with audiobooks, I can't, for whatever the reason is, I can't concentrate on it. Mm -hmm. um, but podcasts, for some reason, I can't. I'm not sure why that's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not really sure yeah why see, this is this is my first time listening to a fictional, like a fiction podcast. Usually, I do true crime or like you know something right, like right. we're doing. Um, and I was kind of unsure about it. 
Um, And I can't remember how this came to my attention or what article I was reading or who recommended it, but I was kind of on the fence and then I gave it a listen and it's just, it's really, really good. Okay. Well, you do us a favor and post this on the page. So we all I know certainly will. Because that sounds good to me. Maybe I'll listen to it tonight when I, you know me, I like to listen to something when I'm falling asleep. This sounds like uh, my kind of thing. I don't because then I get scared. Okay. Scared is just not a bad thing for me. Because movie, movies aren't doing it these days, that's for sure. Yeah. I like to be scared, but not when I'm trying right. to go to sleep. Well, so, I guess that's where you and I differ. Maybe this will scare me so bad that I'll change my opinion. But Maybe. we'll see. Okay. I'll give it a shot. I unfortunately have no hidden gems this week. I'm sorry, guys. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been busy, you know, living, I guess. Okay. Is that the excuse? Yes, but, uh, life gets in the way. I'm going to get back to this because uh, life is bullshit. I want to get back into my non-reality. Okay, uh, well, you should run right out and buy Mistborn, The Final Empire, book one yeah, of the Mistborn series. That's number two. That's Okay, that's number one on my list. Number two is to listen to Gods of Appalachia tonight when I'm trying to sleep. Okay. <laughs> Wish me luck. Good luck. Thanks. All right, everybody. Uh, until next time. And now until next time. Hola, Margulis. We really have Alerta to come together. Iris. Uh, we really have to come together on. Yeah, okay. We'll work on it. Sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All until right, next D. time. Next Bye. time. I'll see you later. Bye, everybody.